Welcome to Weir's World, the All Ears podcast, which will take you on a roller coaster journey around the world. Follow me from Beijing to New York City and back as I share my tales to tell, encompassing the tenures of Gliadrich and the Kabbalistic Cavalry, as well as touring with some well known faces. From celebrity stories to travel nightmares, we'll be reminiscing on the ridiculousness of it all, with special guests jumping in along the way. All Ears is your new favourite weekly podcast. Well, Kanichiwa Ali. Kanichiwa Craig. Konnichiwa, how are we doing this week? Uh, yeah, good again, yeah. How are you? Yeah, grand. This week has been particularly crazy with the podcast, isn't it? You know, It has, yeah. It's like, so once again, for the listeners, we're, we're, we're about a month ahead in, in, when we record. So the, the, the episode, the Queen and Adam Lambert episode, came out on Monday. Mm. And the, the response to that has been absolutely unbelievable and just demonstrates how amazing Queen's fans are um, how amazing the, the Glamberts are. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to have been listened to in Japan, Mexico, Ali, we've cracked yeah, South we've America. Yeah, we've cracked South America. Week. I was chuffed by that. I was looking forward to j- just one person in South America somewhere, and they from, were from Mexico. 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 Guadalajara. You know the exact place, do you? Yeah, Guadalajara. Ah, right, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, our first, Mex- our first South American listener is in Guadalajara. Shout out to them. Yeah. It's a few weeks later, but shout yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah, albeit yeah, four weeks or five weeks uh, did, late. Did you ever say the place that you wanted to crack the most? Do you know what? When I listened back to the episodes, I mm. realised that I hadn't. And to be honest, I would actually have said Japan is a place that I'd love to have been listened ah, to. Oh, okay. And uh, ironically, we just started the episode with Konnichiwa. Because yeah. like Mexico, we've had listeners in Japan this week, <laughs> which is absolutely insane. Um, it's really... Staggering that we've had these listeners, so we, we we really can't thank everyone who's been listening enough. It's really quite touching. Well, not touching, Alan, but well, well, it's touching. been quite. <laughs> it's been quite touching the fact that, you know we just sit here every week or whenever we're recording, yapping what we'd call absolute nonsense, yeah. and people are really appreciating these stories coming up to us in places we wouldn't expect, messaging us at the most random times and telling us that. They're really enjoying the episodes, and it feels pretty it's, cool. It's strange because I'm like I remember thinking when we first started this that you know it'll maybe expand throughout Scotland. You know, you'll maybe <laughs> yeah. get a message from some a friend in Edinburgh or Glasgow saying, "Oh, I'm listening in." <laughs> so, but we have those people. We have the people in Scotland. But like you say, having people literally across the world yeah. is just insane. I think, as I said to you, though, that um, our original goal was, or your goal originally was, to to crack South America. Yeah. And now that we've officially cracked South America, yeah. I think the I think the goal has got to be surely to get listeners in every continent. Well, so so what do we have now, continent wise? We've we've got most of them, haven't we? I Africa, mean, I don't. We we've not. We've not cracked. So we've got yet. Europe. Yeah. We've got. Um, North America, South America, Asia. We've got Asia. Yeah, we've got. Yeah. Is it Australasia or Oceania these days? I don't know. I I always thought it was Australasia, but it could be Oceania. I think maybe Oceania was was the old name for it. Well, and now it's let's, Australasia. We've got so, someone in Australia. Yeah, we've got someone in that continent. Yeah. So what what does that leave? I, that genuinely just leaves Africa, doesn't it? Does it? Well, well Antarctica. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, how many is there? Seven? I think seven, yeah. Oh, maths is never good with this. And seven? Antarctica. Seven. What's what's the opposite of Antarctica? Africa, I suppose. <laughs> Swiftly moving on. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually think that we have to issue an apology, and that's not like us. Oh, on this no. Podcast. <laughs> not again. <laughs> it's, it's actually not for a funny reason. When I listened back to the, the episode about the 
essay. And I realised that I said that the Highland Davis all live in New York, and I was actually mm. incorrect. Um, I was in such a flow of my story that I realised I, I didn't realise I'd made a mistake. Uh, Marla actually lives in Los Angeles. Um, and Georgia in Boston, so apologies. And, and did did you say they all lived in New York? Yeah. Yeah, that was a bit of a boo boo, I suppose. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, that's why yeah. I thought it was worth mentioning. It's like you know mm. these co- these little snippets in the corner of the Scottish Sun when they they, they like mm. admit that they've made a huge mistake yeah. and they put it in small print at the corner. So that's what we're doing that's, now. That's literally what yeah. we're doing right now. Maybe we need to say it more quietly so it is like a snippet. So rather than actually apologising, yeah, we so just say. Really sorry. Actually, sorry. need to issue an apology. Yeah, so anyway. um, we also um, need to give a shout out to, to Big Gavin Mitchell this week. Yeah, because, yeah that uh, happened this week. Yeah. <laughs> because once again, obviously we're, uh, we're, but we're a bit further ahead in the recons and we couldn't mention it a few yeah. episodes back because it was already recorded. Yeah. But uh, Big Gavin Mitchell appreciating Ali's sick story there. Um, yeah. Literally sick. sick. Not just sick a, sto- not a sick, sick story, story Literally it's sick. A, it's a sick story. Yeah. Yeah. Well played, I think was well, his Well played, well played. Lads, yeah. yeah. That's... Uh, that was, Thanks, that was another highlight really, this week. Do you think he listened? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think he went, there's some random people tweeting about being sick. Of, well, not being sick on him. That sounds, that sounds even worse. <laughs> we weren't sick on Gavin Mitchell, honest. Yeah, well, I mean... Well, uh, someone was. Uh, yeah. Wasn't us. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Ali, yeah. this week, I happened to come across an article, right? Uh-huh. About... The World Puddle Jumping Championships <laughs> going, going virtual. Right. The World the, Puddle wo- Jumping Championship. Yeah, World World Puddle Jumping Championships. Right. They have obviously with the the COVID nineteen pandemic have gone virtual this yep. year. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, in well, what way? I mean, surely if you're going to have a World Puddle Jumping Championships, it has to be in person. Like you can't you can't mm. be moving that sort of. Thing online, but so how does it what does it depend on the size of the puddle or the distance of the jump? Or? Well, I read that it can, you can be judged upon your uh, distance of your jump, the uh, your enthusiasm. Uh huh. Uh, there's one other, and then also stickability. Whips, <laughs> right? I mean, I've jumped puddles in my lifetime. Yeah. Not once have I used this. How was your how was your stickability <laughs> when you were jumping the I puddles? Mean, what even is stickability? Uh, is that? A, how muddy the puddle is. <laughs> I mean, my question really is, why Why would um, they feel the need to move the World Puddle Jumping Championships online? Mm. Why is it deemed important enough? Yeah. Uh, why is it a significant enough of an event? Where Whereabouts in the world was is the championships usually held? That's a good point, actually. Oh. I don't know. Oh, okay. I wonder if we've got any listeners in the country that the World Puddle Jumping Championships were being held in. Yeah. That or, would be interesting. Or if we started our own... World puddle jumping. Yeah, it's a podcast. I mean, you can't. You, yeah, I mean, it's difficult. But like eating challenges and, and like mm. reviews of certain supermarket bakeries. That's yep. okay. We can cope we can with that, that on a yeah. on a podcast. Yeah. But I mean, it's quite difficult on a um, mm. on a podcast to to do know, the world to, puddle jumping championships. Yeah, I mean, how do you, like how do how would any listener know if we're jumping in a puddle or just jumping in the sink or something? That's jumping in the sink. Well, you know, maybe make the how same big, kind of water. How big splashes. does the sink need to be <laughs> that all six foot five of you is jumping into the sink? Yeah. Um, well, right, okay. Well, I, I'd seen something this week that I thought sounded actually really cool and I thought, oh, that'd be good to take the band to purely by the title of it. I thought <laughs> this would be fantastic. So this happens, Port Link in Australia. Oh, we, and we need to actually give a shout out to Rob Monday. 
who uh-huh. is our first known Australian listener. She yeah. messaged the page this week as well on a, on a was it a Monday or a Tuesday? Uh, oh, I think it was a Monday. Was it was a Monday. I think she messaged Monday. on a Monday to say when it came out. Yeah. So yeah. Miss Monday, thanks for messaging yeah. on said Monday. So if she's bared with the podcast and still yeah. listening, maybe could uh, confirm this for us. But it happens Port Lincoln, Australia. Right. And I thought the Tuna Rama Festival. I was like, <laughs> that sounds brilliant. You know, Tunarama. good tunes, good vibes or whatever over the weekend of the festival. Turns out that's a lot of sh. Because the Tuna Rama Festival <laughs> is a competition to see who can throw a frozen tuna the furthest. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so that's quite something. I'm not sure the band would want to go to that. Well, oh, after all, <laughs> do we know? Do we know what the record is? What is the furthest that a, a tuna has actually been thrown? That's a good point. Let me um, consult good old yeah. Google and, uh, and and find out what's happening there. World record for tuna rama, tuna rama, tuna eating. Uh, 37.23 metres is the world record 37.23 metres and was set in 1998 by an Australian hammer thrower Sean Carlin shout out to Sean Carlin Sean Carlin if he's listening 37.23 metres for a frozen tuna quite an impressive tuna throw isn't it either that or it is a music festival and that says 37 minutes do you reckon how good would it be if we were to try and throw a tuna and you know, beat that record. And so not only would we mm. have a global, worldwide podcast, because yeah. that's where we are at now, like we're actually, yeah. we're multi-continental now, we're, we yeah. can call that global. We have a global podcast. Everyone right? apart from Africa, but and, uh, never Africa, mind. Yeah. Yeah. How good would it be if we broke a, the world record for tuna throwing as well? What do you think is m- more, would you rather... We could do it virtually, we could <laughs> do it online. Would you rather throw a frozen tuna or jump in a puddle? Well, so first of all, if you jumped in a puddle... Mm-hmm. You're liable to get wet. If you throw a tuna, you're liable to get a lot of entertainment. So I'm going to vote for the, the tuna throne. See, that's interesting because, remember, it's a frozen tuna. So oh, it's oh, got to be frozen. So that, in theory, makes it wet if it starts defrosting. So you could effectively jump in the puddle of the, the frozen tuna juice that's yeah. remaining. We could d- d- kill two birds with the one we stone. We could start a world tuna puddle jumping championship. Tuna Chun- puddle Chuna Padarama. Pada Chuna Rama. Pada Chuna Rama. There we go. He can't remember what he was Rama. And to think that we started with Kanichiwa. Uh, so, yeah, t- today we are, we're looking at some of my experiences travelling, particularly in, in France and Germany. Ah, bonjour. Uh, bonjour. Uh, hello. 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 <laughs> Back to this yeah. lark again. Yeah, we'll say no more and just continue. My actual, my first experiences with both of those places came because of um, twinning relationships local to us so um, the, the the France one came first um, actually did it <laughs> <laughs> we should probably explain what twinning actually is it doesn't yeah, mean that yeah. you have a twin we just add, you don't have a German twin no I don't have a no, German twin no, no you don't no, have no. somebody there's not somebody in Germany called Craig that's like imitating a Scottish accent on a podcast somewhere yeah no, uh, well, there may well be. We've not found him yet. He's, he's, yeah. he's, sat, over, he's sat over in Germany going, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but with a German accent. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so basically, if you're, a, if you're a twin town or twin city, it means that you've got a special relationship with that town um, or city elsewhere in the world. So Cronusty, where we obviously went to high school and, and yep. grew up, um, is twinned with Moll, yep. uh, which is a small uh, town on the outskirts of Paris. Uh, and and Dundee, mm-hmm. um, among other um, cities around the world, is twinned with Würzburg in Germany. 
and those are kind of roughly where we're going to go tonight. Yeah. Um, the France one, I'm, uh, although although unconvinced, I'm pretty sure that the France one came first, um, <laughs> and the the people over in Mall had invited us over to to play at a concert and a Kelly, uh, and it was I say us, it was just me, and it was it was a great experience. It was really really cool to be in. France for the first time, mm-hmm. um, and actually on the back of that, the the band ended up heading to Mall as well. It's quite funny when you're in Mall. Uh, there's like signposts, you know, like when you're in, I don't know, certain parts of the world. You've got signposts that say New York this distance. Yeah, so many what, miles whatever or whatever. Yeah, well, d- f- we've got a picture of the band standing there with this like signpost that says Carnoustie, however mm. many miles, and it's in the middle of the countryside in France. <laughs> it's quite um, quite a strange one. Yeah. Have you been to France? I uh, I've only ever been to France. <coughs> oh no, that's a lie. That's an utter lie. Telling I was about to say once when I was young, uh, my parents took us to Paris mm. for a few days, which is utter nonsense because I've driven through France twice. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So yes much. is the answer. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, do you speak French? We. Oui. Yeah. Good. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> great, great response. Um, I've actually been in France quite a lot of times. Um, it's a really it's a special country. I do like mm. I do like. Paris in the north. Um, yeah. Uh, I have to say though that um, my preference is the the south. I do love Nice and the oh. area around the, the south of France. It's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, very nice. Um, I have to say though, we we that's not me trying. <laughs> that's not me trying <laughs> we, friends. Yes, um, I have to say we had we had a few interesting. Ex- I say interesting. That's a that's a uh, that's an understatement. Um, <laughs> experiences when we were in France with the band. Uh, one of them actually was. In, in a similar kind of way to what we spoke about in one of the last episodes about playing at the 9-11 memorial oh, yeah. it was not that long after the, the shooting uh, the tragic mm. shooting at the Bataclan yeah. and so we'd all we went as a band laid some like, wreaths and that mm-hmm. and I played some lament a few laments for the for the French people and I have to say it was really really haunting yeah. it was a, a again like the 9-11 thing a really strangely eerie Experience. Obviously, it wasn't something that was planned. It wasn't something that the the media knew about or that. Yeah. So it was very low key, but the, the, you could tell that the French people really appreciated the the gesture. I think when that uh, <coughs> when the Bataclan happened, it, it probably for you as well. It hit home quite a lot because we're so used to being in music venues all the time. Yeah. And I could be wrong, but I think that was one of the first attacks on a music venue as such yeah um, it was certainly before the the, the bombings in, in manchester yeah, at the yeah. end so because we're in these venues a lot and and we see bands all the time and things like that you almost take put, the venues for granted but when yeah you, because it's as i say it's the first time that something like that happens so yeah you kind of you don't really think about it and then something like that does happen and you think wow that's it could mm. happen to anyone anytime it's and actually it's, it's worth tragic. mentioning that um it's worth mentioning again that these things are still going on. Like this yeah. week, as we record it, we've had there's been situations in Quebec and Canada, yeah, um, and in in Vienna, Vienna as yeah. well. Do you know Cam B? Yes. Yeah. He was caught up in the one in Vienna. Oh, was he? He had to hide in a cupboard. Uh, it made the it made the it made the news actually. Yeah. Uh, and there was another one in Nice this week too. So at the one at the at the Notre Dame Church. All right. Which okay. I know really well. Yeah. Um, it's cra- crazy times. Strange world yeah. that we're living in. Um. On a more light-hearted note, <coughs> we've had a few interesting experiences, as I say, in, in Paris. One of them was um, at, the, at the Eiffel Tower, of all places, mm. uh, and we'd, we'd played with the band uh, in Mall. We might have done something in Paris, too, I can't remember. We decided that we'd, it'd be great to get some pictures of the band uh, in front of the, the Eiffel Tower, yep. and then, you know, maybe as a band we could go up it, right? Yeah. 
because I had taken my pipes to play at the Bataclan, mm-hmm. I had my my pipes on this and a kit and a suitcase. Yeah. And I was rolling the rolling the pipes along, uh, and and I thought, yeah, we'll be we'll be grand. Well, when we got to the Eiffel Tower, they wouldn't let us up because I had my pipes, <laughs> and because um they thought it was such a security risk. Yeah. Um, with all that had happened at the Bataclan. Um, yeah. And as we know, it's not the first time that's happened. It's yeah. <clears throat> it's, it's worth noting actually, for the global listeners mm. how difficult it is taking a set of bagpipes through an airport yeah I never really thought about it until we'll discuss it at a later date obviously an exper- but a certain experience a certain experience York. at a certain airport which involves the word explosives yeah it's quite well it wasn't for me because I wasn't carrying explosives but it's quite <laughs> frightening yeah, it, it, it really is. So yeah. for for the people for people who wouldn't know, the, the the safest way obviously to take the pipes is as hand luggage. Yeah. Uh, because it means that you've got them on you at all times and they're not getting thrown around like a, a cabin basically. Yeah. But obviously we've discussed China already. When I when I arrived in Beijing, I pretty much had to play my pipes in the airport because they didn't believe it was an instrument. <laughs> there was an experience I had in Frankfurt mm-hmm. uh, in Germany where uh, they they taken me they took me away to a darkened room. And they were like scanning these pipes over and over and over again, and I'm yeah. sitting there in this darkened room, like a almost pitch black room, mm-hmm. wondering where where I was destined for next. Yeah, I have found that the easiest way to get around it is to try and learn the word for the bagpipes in the local language. Right. Okay. And have you successfully? Yeah. Like yeah. Okay. Le Muse, le Muse, di Dudelzac. Like yeah. So if they say anything at all to you. That's the only word you can say. So <laughs> if somebody says, hello, where are you going today? You're just going, bagpipes. bagpipes. <laughs> yeah, bagpipes. pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> uh, There's a solid argument for that. The band also never let me forget about the experience at the, at the Sacré-Cœur in Paris as well. An absolutely beautiful sacred building. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> the, the four of us are standing up there taking all these tourist pictures of the scenery and whatnot. Yeah. And out of nowhere, these four, four guys start putting these things on our wrists. Right, basically okay. bits of string right, uh-huh. to, and to imitate bracelets basically right. Right, they basically they clocked us as tourists right away right? they knew that we were not from the area put it that way uh-huh. um, and they descended on us and put these bracelets on our wrists well somehow the rest of the band got away with paying a very very minimal small change amount uh-huh. uh, Mr Weir here got stung for about 30 euros um, because the boy was absolutely demanding that I empty the contents of my wallet otherwise he'd, be, he'd start getting pretty violent it wasn't the nicest of experiences yeah but the, um, the boys in the band never let me forget that uh, I was as Paul puts it absolutely yoked for yep. um, a bit right. of string I would 100% agree <laughs> definitely it's funny definitely. now but let yeah. me tell you that my mood at the time was fuming like I was a very very oh, angry no. boy surely not <laughs> I don't believe that for a second it, it, it happened um, <laughs> also have you ever tried snails I haven't eaten actually. snails. No. Have you tried eating snails? I've not tried snails in any form other than picking them up from, from the garden. Yeah, from the garden, and they yeah. do that sort of thing where they go in in themselves. Other than that, I have no experience with snails. Yeah. So, ever the one to try the the different foods in yeah. different countries that I visit? Yeah. Um, I decided that I was going to try snails. Right. Right. So they were in a garlic sauce. Okay. Yeah, which. Yeah. Instantly makes them taste like loads like better. Garlic. Yeah. Yep. I, I would say that. Well, to be fair, most things are edible in garlic sauce, aren't they? Let's be yeah. honest. Well, um, you say that. <clears throat> well, snails actually were, were quite nice in the okay. garlic sauce. Yeah. And I I, 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 I really liked them. And I ate, I don't know, six or seven of them, right? Yeah. As much as I liked them, they really did not like me. 
Right. Really, really did not like me. Okay. So after an experience of playing in Paris, mm-hmm. um, my, my uh, ex-girlfriend and I had decided to take a few days kind of holiday time yeah. in Paris. And it was during that time that I decided that I was going to try snails. Uh-huh. We had booked, at, um, I say we, I had paid for at uh-huh. the champagne package at the Moulin oh, Rouge. Oh, God. Right? Oh, no. <laughs> champagne package at the Moulin Rouge, right? Yep. So, you know, classy, cultured, all that sort of thing. Yep. Get in there, nice seats, champagne. Package. Yeah, champagne yep. package. package. Uh, one glass in and I realised that phew, this was not going <laughs> like, this was seriously, seriously bad. Yeah. So when the Moulin Rouge finished, mm-hmm. we descended for a taxi pronto yes. that's not French but pronto uh, pronto uh, mm. yeah so jumped in the taxi and in such a desperate rush to get out of said taxi to, to get to the hotel room yeah uh, left behind my phone oh. uh, which was a which was a, a disaster it led to my ex-girlfriend fo- of all things mm-hmm. do you know what she did she phoned Ross and said <laughs> Ross Craig has lost his mobile phone in Paris yeah and Ross is quite good at solutions to problems, right? Yeah, he is good at that. Yeah. But even he was stumped. Like, how, yeah. do, how do you... I mean, how does Ross suddenly magic my phone back? Yeah. I, I remember talking to, talking to a guy at the reception saying, like, after I'd been to the toilet, mm-hmm. uh, saying, you know, I've lost my phone. Yeah. And he turned around and he said to me, uh, there are two million people in Paris. Mm-hmm. Uh, no phone. And I thought, oh, great. Um, yeah, and that was my, that was my story. That's probably, that's probably better <laughs> then, because these days you would just speak to the receptionist and be shouting bagpipes at them in yeah, French. Well, you, so. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, uh, excuse me, I've lost my phone. Uh, he says something back. Le colnemus? Le Yeah, I mean, it probably would mean nothing to the guy. What's, um, what's the most exotic thing you've tried, food-wise? Oh, the most exotic. Um... I don't know, I'm trying to think of where I've been now that I've tried local cuisine. I, when I was in, for some reason, it keeps coming back to this country, when I was in Moldova, Moldova I knew you were yeah, going to say that. We went out, we were hospitality uh, the first time we went out, so we, they cooked us this meal in like this sort of forest thing, right? Yeah. And I've got a photo, because it, I never ate it, and there was 12 of us, 14 of us, something like that, on this convoy. Not a single one of us ate it, but it was essentially like lamb, Mm. That was cold, in jelly, oh. and it looks. I mean, you look at it and you go, mm, that's, "That's not edible." That's not edible at all. Eating local, eating, 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 <laughs> local cuisine, yeah, from Eastern Europe, is probably the most exotic, but probably also the most horrific. Yeah, I would I, say. I mean, what about you? If you see, we, we, we've we've been on on here rating Chinese restaurants and stuff, mm. right? And, like, we all love a, a Chinese over here. Yeah. But the Chinese food, when you're actually there, we spoke about it, yeah. is really nothing like what we, we, we come to know here, especially the um, the Cantonese sort of style stuff. Yeah. So some of the Chinese stuff is interesting, and, frankly, I didn't want to try. Yeah. Um, the Have you been somewhere that you would say is, like, one of the best, as in the highlight of all the cuisines you've tried? Yeah, you've, and... you've interrupted me. <laughs> um, yeah, I was about to say that in Iceland, right, I saw both one of the like I tried one of the most amazing things I'll, I'll ever try, and also seen one of the most like shocking things that I'll ever see mm. in terms of food. And so, um, do you want the good news or the bad news first? Uh, let's start bad because then we'll end on a high. Right, that's fair. Uh, so the but the the worst thing I've ever seen was they serve sheep's head yeah right, on on a plate. 
right? Okay. So basically, they chop the sheep's head in half and uh, they serve it with potatoes and gravy. I'm going to say a garlic sauce <laughs> makes everything. Taste they call better. it svil. Right. Okay. Um, and it just looked utterly horrendous. Like mm. this sheep's half a sheep's head on yep. a plate, nothing done to it. Awful. Mm. That said, when I was in Reykjavik, I've, I've, I've been there twice, and both times tried the um, mink whale. All right, okay. Um, both times in it, if you're ever in Reykjavik, go to the Apotek uh, okay. restaurant. It's really nice. Yeah. Iceland is only is one of only three countries in the world. We're full mm. of stats here tonight. Iceland's <laughs> one of only three countries in the world. Not to win the World Polo Championship, no. <laughs> maybe uh, they should. I, I mean, maybe they did. Yeah. Um, Iceland is one of only three countries in the world that will serve mink whale because it's it's illegal um, around the world and only Japan, right. Norway and Iceland will serve it. So when I was there and I knew that, I thought, yeah. you know, I need to try it. Yeah. Um, and it was amazing. To be fair, we don't have any Icelandic listers yet, but we've got Norwegian and Japanese. So That's close. So the Norwegian and Japanese listers might be able to nod in approval uh, yeah. at my note of the mink whale. Yeah. Interesting. When I was in Madrid as well, um, <clears throat> it's, I suppose it's less exotic. Tried rabo de toro, which is basically bull's tail, so effectively ox tail. But the way oh, that okay. it was done was, oh, it was absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I think one of the most horrific meals, which we'll discuss <laughs> again at a later date, I would say is mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. Yeah, we can discuss mac and cheese. We'll discuss we could, that. We could point. have a whole episode on mac. That and was cheese. horrific, but also one of the best <laughs> I think was when uh, it was with you guys when we got a Philly cheesesteak oh. from Philly. Yeah, mm. Un- just outside so of Philly. nice. Yeah. What I would also say is, we were in Germany, right? The the, the, the one of three gigs that we played this year, right? So mm-hmm. the second last gig that we've done, um, yeah, was in was in Germany, and we're going to come on to talk about it in a, in a wee bit in Würzburg, and we went to <clears throat> of all places, we ended up in an American diner in Germany, right? Yeah. And uh, it was really nice, but we had, or they had on the menu, macaroni cheese, not mac and cheese, <laughs> macaroni cheese topped with chili con carne. Oh, and right, and okay. in theory, you would think, oh, like that's no, that's too much. Yeah, like, it was beautiful. Do you know what I recently discovered? Like the last few years, I didn't realize it was a thing. Is mac and cheese as a side dish? It's very American. Yeah, I never realized that. The literally just the last few years, yeah, that it's, it's a side dish. It's very American and also yeah. very heavy for a mm. side dish. You know, yeah. pasta is quite quite heavy at the best of times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was an interesting one. That. Yeah. So suddenly we've ended up becoming culinary food. experts. <laughs> but to go back to the snails, right? Following being in Paris on that trip was basically coming home early from the the holiday part of the trip. Yeah. Because I'd been asked to play for Sir Alex Ferguson. All right. right okay. Now, I I like Man United. Probably yeah. just isolated half of our listeners. But <laughs> I, I I like Man United. As we sit here, they're currently getting beat 2-1 by yeah. Istanbul Basakir. With, with one minute to go. Which is not great. Yeah. Um, however, I like Man United and um, the opportunity to play for Sir Alex Ferguson was a huge one considering he is officially, that, and my bias to one side, he is officially the greatest football manager of all time. I think, was he still manager at this point? When he had on? not long retired. Right, okay. Um, he had maybe been a couple of years out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but certainly within the first year or two of him having retired, yeah. he was doing a series of an evening with Sir Alex Ferguson talks to coincide with his with his book. Oh, okay. But he had this special one in in Glasgow. This it was a kind of dinner sort of thing, and he was interviewed by um, I can't was it Dougie Donnelly? I think it might have mm. been. And basically, uh, I had to pipe him in yeah. uh, to this to this room, and that was it. The whole room, but the 
when it was announced that you know please be upstanding for Sir Alex Ferguson, yeah, the the absolute buzz in the room was was electric. Like, yeah. you're you're not a football man, right? Mm-hmm. But you can appreciate how amazing yeah. Sir Alex Ferguson yeah. was. Like his success even just yeah in yeah. Scotland with St Madden with, with Aberdeen and then yeah. and then with Man United. Two this was two days after the snail situation, mm-hmm. and whilst they are piping Sir Alex in, I could not not get a picture with the great man. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> I have this picture with the great man and I have to say I look utterly hellish in it. I look like I've I'd eaten snails two days prior. So I, you I, had you hadn't fully recovered from the snail incident. I, it's, safe to say it's that. It's one of the worst pictures of me <laughs> ever taken. It's was one of my sort of ambitions to get a picture with Sir Alex Ferguson and yet yeah. it's one of the worst pictures of me ever. Is is this photo you know how we put photos up? When it gets released, is that photo yeah, going to go up? That photo just, will go yeah, up. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, keep an eye out for that one. I, yep. I, I think mm. I look, what's the word? Gaunt, perhaps. <laughs> Gaunt. Gaunt. Yeah. Actually, um, it was a couple of years ago, uh, through a contact, I'd managed to sort hospitality at Old Trafford. Yeah. Um, another recurring theme. Your hospitality, my hospitality. <laughs> um, and Paul and I, um, together with two of our mates, uh, Ross, not white, different Ross, and, mm. uh, and Joe, uh, we did it twice. We went down uh, seats at the halfway line, and um, with, like c- comfy seats in the house, f- like drinks, meal before the match, all sorts of things. Yeah. And actually, we were sat in front of a couple of the injured players. Uh, Phil Jones being one of them, but well, we know how good he is, mm. um, or not. Uh, <laughs> he he was sat behind us. So whatever was happening in the game. Uh, me in my suit at Old Trafford a few pints down had jumped up and was screaming as if I was at a local football match <laughs> I just remember my brother like pulling me down like Craig you're at Old Trafford sit down please stop that um, on, what, what must these boys like Phil Jones and stuff have thought behind this I've, I've absolutely I think it, you never got a photo with Phil Jones uh, no no no. safe to say that uh, as well I, I don't know if he'd have allowed one after my uh, escapades during mm, the match yes as, like, so France is France is always Always brings a story, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. Uh, Ross and I have had some really cool times down um, the south of France as well in Nice. Love playing um, some acoustic sets down there in the, the Irish bars. Um, Ma Nolans, uh, if you're ever in Nice, mm-hmm. beautiful. And in fact, since we're on the subject of foods, the seafood risottos and stuff that you get in Nice are absolutely brilliant. They're a different yeah. level. So <clears throat> that kind of sums up the French half of the stories. Right? The German one came about because I'd been asked to organise a twinning dinner for our guests in Dundee from different twinning countries. Yeah. Uh, Nablus in Palestine, Zadar in Croatia, uh, Würzburg, and there's another one as well. Uh, Alexandria, actually, oh, in the okay. US. Yeah. Um, so these delegates had come across. Um, I'd linked up well with the party from Würzburg, basically. They were really easy to talk to and easy to get along with yeah. and it transpired that the, the lady who was the, kinda, the head of the delegate um, was a conductor of the of a youth orchestra right, in, okay. in Germany just in a little place called Ochsenfurt just outside um, Würzburg um, and she was keen for me to, to go over at some point with the pipes and, and guest with the orchestra as I'd done with the RSNO in China. Yeah. Uh, and so I was keen to take up that offer. Went, I've been over there a, a few times, actually, uh, and played with the orchestra. It's a really unique orchestra in that it's uh, it's a youth orchestra, but it, it's a, it's a, it's very much an all-inclusive orchestra. They've got okay. kind of um, a lot of disabilities and things like that going running through the orchestra too. Yeah. They find a way of integrating them musically into the project, which is really... Yeah. It's quite heartening, it's to be honest. It's a really clever thing to, to have going on. Yeah. Um, gone over there a couple of times and made connections in order for um, for the band to, to head over. Uh, we've been over twice. 
yeah. uh, to to Rochburg and the and the surrounding area, and it's always it's always great. The people are always really welcoming because we're from Dundee. Yeah. There was this one occasion where we we played a couple of festivals in the weekend. We did one in Oxenfurt at um, their festival Oxenfest, mm-hmm. and we did um, Stramu, and then the Sunday we were to play a, a small show in a in a little place called Giebelstadt. All in the kind of rough surrounding area of of Würzburg. The weekend of Oxenfurt. So the, the the Saturday afternoon we played in Oxenfurt, mm-hmm. and that's that's the gig that we were talking about with the whole band. That was easily the hottest that we've ever been in. Kills. Yeah. it was absolutely sweltering. Mm-hmm. It was un- honestly unbelievable how hot that was. And in the evening we were to play at Stramu. So Stramu is basically a massive street music festival, right? Okay. Uh, Germany are quite into their street music festivals. So effectively a busking festival, right? Right. Well, um, where you, there's no like elevated stage platform. Yeah. Um, you, you get a kind of space that you have to go and kind of perform in and then people will give you money throughout the set. Okay. We, like, although they book, they, it's not that you busk off the cuff. Like impromptu, uh-huh. like they have a lineup that's sorted and people to play at different platforms. And yeah, stuff. so it is a planned thing. It's not just <coughs> yeah, it's not impromptu yeah. off the cuff. It's like it's yeah. organised, but um, it's called Stramu Street Festival. The um, yeah, so we um, we were actually headlining the main the main platform that they had, right? So yeah. we took we just was just in front of the town hall. Um, it was we'd actually we got a huge crowd out for it. Like a good few thousand had like lined the streets to, yeah. to see us. Probably because of the the connection to, to Würzburg too through Dundee and that as well. Yeah. I remember us uh, walking out of the town hall to like to what we're gonna call the stage. Yeah. And absolutely lashing it down with rain. Right? <laughs> so the, the the afternoon in Austinford is easily the hottest that we've ever been on stage. Yeah. Well that night at Stramu is easily the most rainy place that we've ever played as a band it was chucking it down and of all things it came down as, as we basically started playing Summer Rain it was the most <laughs> ironic thing ever it was a great set we had a, we, like we played an absolute blinder cause, and the crowd were on our side from, from the first minute I have to say the German crowds in general are always unbelievable like, mm. they're, they're so passionate about music yeah. um, and it's always a joy to go over there and play in Germany just this isn't like when we talked about the Queen episode and <laughs> this says all oh, the Scottish crowds is it true and all that. Yeah. And no, no, everyone just says it. They are genuinely. Yeah, Germany German genuinely are, are yeah. an amazing crowd. Um, the, the, yeah, they just love the music and they seem to have a, a real love for Scottish music. And by this point, they had <coughs> they had the um, the additions of like so you and and Cara oh yeah, yeah. And we had Jordan we had the full, and stuff. They were all there. Yeah, we had the full set up and it was yeah. it was it was great. We were we were blasting through the through the set, <coughs> reached the end of it. And thought, yeah, we're winning. This is great. When I go abroad, mm-hmm. or up until that point, I'd always tried to do something that was appealing to the local crowd, right? Yeah. Whether that be use some of the language or whatever. Yeah. Well, I'd decided that uh, at the start of the encore, I was going to learn a German song. Right. However, uh, I was gonna I was gonna learn the national anthem. Okay. However, get to the get on at the start of the encore mm-hmm. and. I start singing what I think is the German national anthem, and yep. suddenly everyone is booing, hissing, jeering, like genuinely unhappy. Uh huh. I was singing the Nazi anthem. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! So. Oh no. Ba- <laughs> oh. Basically, the it, 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 it appears to me that the the national anthem and the Nazi anthem are very similar, same kind of tune, but with some words changed. Right. And I had um, I was singing the wrong version, and as you can imagine, it was wholly unpopular. Funny that, funny that they started booing when you were singing a Nazi 
theme tune. Theme tune. That's the theme tune. Anthem. It doesn't quite work like that. No, it's not a theme tune. Definitely not something that would be worth having a theme tune to. No. Do you know what? Like, I learned that in Würzburg, every Monday night, they're still in Nazi parade. They still have a match on really? a Monday night. Yeah. West mm. Park, yeah. I'm, I'm down I, yeah, I wouldn't shout about that one. Like, but like, I'm sure it's not the only city in the world, that, like in Germany, that has that. Yeah, I think we might have to apologise at the start of the next one as well, I think. Yeah, it's, it's possible. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I know we're not discussing <laughs> politics and religion on this, but... Maybe it should extend to politics, religion, <laughs> and Nazism. We should not discuss that. I think so. so to go back to Stramu, this is a street music festival, right? So yes. there's there's boys like the festival organisers and, and committee are basically going around the audience looking for people to give them money for us for for our performance, right? Okay. Right? Obviously, a big chunk of that um, of when you'd be getting your money is during an encore. Yes. And there's uh-huh. me singing mm. the Nazi anthem. Yeah. Graham literally pulled me away from the mic and went, "What the." F- I've never, I've never seen him so angry on a stage before. <laughs> did um, he? Did he, so? How did you actually know? How did you find out that you were? Graham that? said it. He, so Graham he told knew. me. What he, the he, f- are you doing? That's yeah. the Nazi anthem. And I was like, Oh no, oh no, it's not. And and Ross just looked at me and was like, Play the song. <laughs> it was so it, honestly. It was. We were speaking in the last episode about humans being the only animal that can blush. I yeah, blushed. I, yeah. I'll tell you what, I blushed. Yeah. Um. So. From there, we basically were given these buckets filled with filled with money, right? Yeah. They were basically filled with coins, right? Because that's that's what you'd expect at a busking festival. Yeah. Um, a guy took taking Ross away to change the to change the change into yeah. into actual notes, right? And uh, during that period, while we're kind of waiting around, lo- so many people told me what I'd done, and I had to mm. apologise to every single one of them, which was yeah. not great, but was very much required. I mean, you're quite lucky that like <coughs> you the bucket with the money, and somebody had didn't like take a dump in it or something like that, <laughs> just to sort Imagine. of imagine. Like, yeah, um, we proceeded to head out on a night out right after this festival show. Uh, with <laughs> was, was that the wisest money? decision after getting booed off for singing a <laughs> maybe, maybe not yeah. wads of money right because all this changed like we actually we did really well from it right? yeah. uh, so we headed out Ross was given responsibility of having this big wad of cash probably the uh, most responsible person to be yeah, fair yeah good chance you say yeah. that but what's to come might suggest otherwise mm. We hardly paid for a drink the whole night, right? Yeah. Because the whole the whole bar, despite my blooper, mm. were, had like been at the festival, enjoyed the set, and were buying us drinks the whole time. Yeah, that's where the immortal line. If you've ever been around the band when they've mentioned ten tequilas, mm. um, yeah. Um, what do you guys want to drink? And I just shouted ten tequila, and mm-hmm. for a long time I was just I was just called ten tequila, right? Uh, which is somewhat reasonable and fair. Yep. What we hadn't factored in was that actually our Final performance of that weekend was a lunchtime slot on the Sunday before we all headed for our flights. As in the day after you're currently in town yeah. drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It okay. w- was not, again, not the wisest decision in the world. Nope. So we were, we were literally due on stage and a lady came over to me and said, uh, how many of the, like one of the German organisers, how many of you are there? Uh-huh. I said, oh, there's um, seven of us playing. And she went, one, two, three, four, five, six. Where's the seventh one? Mm-hmm. And I pointed over at the basically the bench that was in the middle of the field, <laughs> and there was Ross face down on the bench, uh-huh. um, and she and she shook her head, laughed, and said, "Typical Scotsman." <laughs> uh, it it was made worse by the fact that as we walked on, Ross was spewing in a bush. Oh God! Uh, but yeah, that's one gig that we were very mm. very glad to have gotten through and seen the end of. To be honest. Yeah. Um. So that that's a good percentage of the band who actually didn't make any form of mistake. I mean, apart from yourself. 
with the Nazi theme tune, and then Ross by <laughs> spewing. Yeah, um, it was not there. Yeah, Maybe at least not. the rest of them survived. That's, that's, that's a <laughs> yeah. bonus. I have to give a shout as well to our friend Andreas. It was it was Andreas that organised the gig that we did in January. There, mm. um, he has um, Scotland's Glory, which are a whiskey company over in, in Vorch- a whiskey shop over in Würzburg that stocked all sorts of. Well, Scottish whiskies. Yeah. Um, but it's so popular, and they, they were hosting, they, they had their 10th anniversary this year, and we went over um, and played. I apologised profusely to the people of um, <laughs> to the people of Würzburg for my yeah. blooper the last time I'd been on stage with the band. But that was the kind of gig, you know. We've hardly played this year, obviously. Yeah. But we went on there. The crowd, it was a total sellout. The gig had sold out in two days, right? Yeah. Um, we, had, we played a great set, went on for the encore, didn't say anything like offensive yeah. we blasted through the encore we went off and we're like that was great They were, uh, but we got there mm-hmm. um, we're standing hugging each other pre-Covid um, and yep, when you were allowed to yeah and th- we heard that they were chatting for another encore so we thought this is nuts we went up and played another encore mm-hmm. came off and we're like that was absolutely nuts and we were standing there and they were wanting more yeah. they, we could have done encore after encore after encore and I think that really sums up the German crowd they're yeah. like they're so passionate about music. We played actually. We played in um, Würzburg once as well with uh, with the Cabalistic Cavalry at a venue called Omnibus. Mm-hmm. And by all accounts, the Cabalistic Cavalry are much smaller a band and much less known in many ways than Gliadrich. Yeah. Also, much more standard run of the mill in a lot of ways too. Like as as a as a straight up rock band. Yeah. And we didn't really know how many people would turn out for it. The, the venue was packed. And we'd we'd like we'd no reason to think that it would be packed. Yeah, uh-huh. and it just sort of sums up the German the German mindset, the German people, and how passionate they are for music. See if uh, if some if you were doing a gig and someone says encore, that's fine. So you do your encore, and then someone goes encore again, you go all right, okay. Yeah. At, at what stage do you go right? No, that's enough. Yeah, well, we'd played two, on, two We'd gone on. We'd, we'd gone on. Played the first encore. Yeah. Gone off. Gone on. Gone right. We'll do a second one. But after the second one, it's like. We can't yeah. keep going on. If can't you keep going it. on and keep going on and keep going on, yeah. then then suddenly you're gonna to have to play something that you've either already played yeah. or play something that's absolutely guff or, or something highly song. offensive. Yeah, yeah, and and that doesn't we've identified you know that doesn't really yeah. go down very well. Wouldn't recommend. Um, played in Munich last year as well. Have you been to Munich? Uh, I haven't actually. No, you've not driven no. through Munich. I've driven past Munich. Past I've not Munich. driven through it though. It's an amazing city. Really mm. keen to go back, and it would be so good at some point to go to Oktoberfest. Um, yeah, that mm. it would be unreal. Yeah, I have one more story about Germany. Actually, it's not. And it's not an offensive story, is it? <laughs> no, <laughs> we've done enough uh, for that. In fact, it was the and yeah. It was that time when we were playing with the Kabbalistic Cavalry. Uh-huh. Um, Ross and I had flown over on the Friday night, so we were going to make a, a Friday night of it before the other guys arrived on the Saturday. Yeah, our friends. Uh, Holly, you, you know Holly, Holly, uh, yep. and Holly's friend Becky were, were coming to the show too, so they, they were going to fly over on the Friday too, so uh, Holly and Ross and Becky and I, we were going to have a, a bit of fun on the Friday night, and uh, then Saturday um, was going to be the gig. So I flew into Frankfurt, arrived there to hear that Ross and Holly and Becky were all delayed, Ross was coming from Manchester, Holly and Becky were coming from London, mm-hmm. all of their flights had been delayed, right? Uh, and I was sitting there on my own in, in Frankfurt, so I was like, right, I think I'm going to leave the airport. And Have I ever told you? I have a Frankfurt Airport Rewards card. It's, it proudly sits Frankfurt in Frankfurt Airport. How many 
like how many points do you need to get cashback or a new a new car it's or one, something? It's one of the, It's a good conversation starter when you're taking you get your you've got your wallet out. If the conversation mm. turns sour, oh look, you've got a Frankfurt Airport award card. <laughs> I mean, what sort of dates are you going on or something like that? That you're like, oh well, I've been to Frankfurt Airport. <laughs> Here's my rewards card. Here's my rewards card to prove it. Yeah, you know, you hear of people have done like coffee rewards cards or whatever else. Yeah, but Frankfurt, Frankfurt Airport. Airport. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I decided I was going to leave them. I was going to head from Frankfurt into town to, to get to the hotel. Yeah. They were late. Wasn't sure what was going to be happening. Arrived at the hotel in Frankfurt to find that there were four fire engines outside it and that the hotel was on fire. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not, good, good start to the Not trip. the greatest yeah. scenario uh, to have happened, yeah. yeah. Um, I basically had to take my suitcases to the pub uh, and, and sit and drink in the pub until either Ross, Holly and Becky arrived or yeah. the hotel was uh, put out. But you all staying in the same hotel? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a really good start to the trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I, they're, they're messaging saying they're delayed yeah. uh, and that they'd be a while and I'm messaging back saying, that's fine, the hotel's on fire anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that's never happened to me before that, yeah. uh, that I've arrived and a hotel's on fire. Did you get to stay in the hotel? Yeah, the it, was, it yeah. all worked out okay in the end. It yeah. always does. You know, mm, yeah, most of the time. <laughs> of all these escapades and stories around the world and of, yeah. of things that have gone on, it's it's always worked out okay in the end. You always make it home always somehow. Make, you always yeah. make it home somehow. There was yeah. one occasion where Ross didn't get get home from Ross's flight from Germany was delayed, um, and I think it was another Würzburg trip. He got home in the end, and then his guitar didn't. So he mm. he arrived home a day late, yeah. and his guitar arrived home two or three days later. Yeah, um, that's not ideal. No, um, no. At least it wasn't the other way around. His guitar arrived home, but he didn't. He was still in a pl- in the, the boot of a plane somewhere or something yeah, like that. Yeah, every cloud. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Where, where where have you been in Germany? So you've been to Paris in France. I've uh, lit. I've literally you... driven through. I've been to Frankfurt. Right. I've been to a trade show in Frankfurt. Um, but I've literally driven right through Germany, north to south, to get to Moldova twice. Mm. Um, and you don't realise how big Germany is as a country until you go something like that I think we were driving through Germany for like 14 hours or something yeah like that. it's a huge, it's huge. country um, there's a cool little town as well um, called Darmstadt I had some good nights out in Darmstadt with my friend Richard who's an amazing opera singer he's so mm. so good but the, the European Space Agency is actually oh, yeah. in, in Darmstadt mm-hmm. um, so they've got a lot of cool stuff going on in there yeah. and the 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 um, they've got a really cool bar and I'm, it's like it's the only it's the only surviving bar of from World War Two. the whole city was raised to the ground and the, the only remaining building in true German style they made yeah. into a pub just you didn't go in and start singing the Nazi theme tune did you? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been incredibly uh, shocking behaviour at that point yeah theme, no I, I, I didn't do that I keep saying theme tune that's, that's, that makes it sound Nazi even worse um, what's it anthem <laughs> the no. Nazi anthem. anthem is that what you call it certainly not a theme tune uh, no the we, we really shouldn't call it the anything Nazi like theme that tune. <laughs> oh um, god yeah to, to, speaking of space did you see that last week mm. well, obviously like five or six weeks ago if you listen to the podcast yeah they discovered that there is the presence of water on the moon I did hear something about that yeah mm. that's interesting it means that like it means that could be life on the moon. Would you, if you got the chance to go to the moon, would you go? I absolutely would go to the moon. Would yeah, I, even if there's no guarantees you would make it back. Because uh, that's always the spanner. In the I think. Works, I think. I think I might still be tempted to go. Mm. I actually always wanted to be the first piper in space. 
right? The first person to ever play the bagpipes in space. But I was beaten to that title, I think, four or five years ago mm-hmm. by a guy who played the bagpipes in space. Can you play the bagpipes in space? Well, he did. He, I, mm. I don't know how he made it work, but it would be really cool. I mean, so yeah. Imagine we played... The, Imagine we played a Gladys gig on, on the moon. On the moon. That's, yeah. Can can we do that? Do you know, anybody, do you know anybody? Do you know anybody? Do you know anyone on the moon? I mean, that, well, it would... I know a few space cadets, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It would definitely sound like that. would be, here's the moon, make some noise. I wonder if we, if we, if we can, you know, we're talking about the podcast going intercontinental, right? We're, mm. going, we're going global. We're, yeah. going, we're going worldwide. Yeah. Imagine we managed to get some listeners from other planets, or I know the moon's not a not a planet, but do you know what listeners on the moon? Who, someone, someone listened to the podcast on the moon. Imagine someone who's currently on the International Space Station listening to the podcast. That would be quite cool. Yeah, if there is anyone currently on the International Space Station mm. listening to the podcast, first of all, give us a wave. Yeah, uh, and uh, secondly, let us know. And uh, would you fancy playing the Nazi theme tune? <laughs> <laughs>